Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. If there's one thing that being a parent teaches us is patience, right? teaches us to wait. I heard someone say amen. Yes, it teaches us patience. My wife is probably thinking being a wife has taught me so much patience. You see, we spend so much of our life, we spend it waiting. As a little kid, I remember that I couldn't wait to start school. I remember being in kindergarten, okay, a long time ago, and I'm walking in to this brand new school, and I couldn't wait for the first day of school. That feeling goes away like really quick as the years progress. Like, no, school starts in a couple weeks. And then I couldn't wait to get to middle school. Then I couldn't wait to go to high school. And then once you're in high school, you want to be 16 so you can start driving and you want to get a car. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And there's all these, like, you know, stages of life that we, like, amp up to get to. Get a car, get to high school, graduate high school. Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to be a senior. I hate this place. I want to get out. Some of us. I hope it wasn't just me. And then we go to college. And then we're thinking, like, I I can't wait to get married I can't wait to have kids. And we spent most of our lives waiting, waiting for that next thing, for that next opportunity. See, there are many things in life that test our patience, like the Palmetto, right? Not the hospital, the expressway. Palmetto Hospital is a great institution. My wife works there. Supermarket lines, doctor's offices. Oh, my gosh, doctor's offices. Why do they make the appointment? And if you're a doctor, let me know. It's like, be here at 10 o'clock, but you don't go in until like noon. It's like, why? And then you see, I, I asked the person, when's your appointment at 10? No, oh, my appointment's at 10. Right? I mean, that drives me nuts. Irritating people. Oh, my gosh. Irritating people, annoying people, people that don't shut up sometimes. They test our patience. We hate to wait But I think that waiting is like the biggest thing. We're the now generation, the Amazon Prime generation, the Prime Now. Who gets Prime Now at their house? I mean, isn't that amazing? You could get stuff in an hour for like five bucks, whatever you want, one hour in your house. I remember one time my guy was late five minutes and I was like, I'm going to call and I'm going to ask for a refund five minutes. He's late because you're expecting it to be there like 45 minutes early. We always expect people to be early. Except us. Like, you know, we give ourselves so much grace. We're so graceful with ourselves. We're like the Uber Eats generation. All right, this Uber Eats thing, it's awesome, but it's also a problem. My kids are on summer break now, and last couple days they knock on my door. I'm trying to sleep in until like 7, and they're knocking on my door, 7.30, 7.15. Papi, Uber Eats. And I'm like, Uber, eat yourself some raisin bran from the cabinet. Right? Like, we want everything, and we want it now. You see, I'm a very patient person. At least I think I am. And I know I've talked to you guys about this issue that I have. But, man, whenever there's traffic, I, like, I completely lose my cool. I mean, I don't know what it is. Traffic or just rude people or people cutting you off or, like, you really need to make a left-hand turn. And you're looking at the person next to you, and you're trying to get their attention, and they're like... You know they see you. I hope you're not one of those people. You know they see you, but they will not look. And you're like, and then they're like mean mugging you, but they're not even looking. And then they drive off. And then my goal is just to like go in front of them or get in the car, like three or four cars in front of them. And just like, yes, 
But you see, I'm not like this in any other area of my life, only when it comes to traffic and, and people driving. So yesterday was my daughter Stella's birthday. She turned eight. I can't believe it. And she wanted to go to Starbucks for breakfast. And so I tell my wife, I'm going to run some errands. And, and so they come back, and we're sitting in the dining room table. And Leilani tells me, honey, a man honked at me. And I'm like, baby, I told you, you still got it. You're hot, you know. <laughs> I get it. Like, she was really shocked that a man honked at her. At least that's what it seemed. And she's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, so why are you telling me this? She's like, no, there was some inappropriate language when the man honked at me in the car. I'm like, oh, my gosh, who was it? She's like, that's still not the problem. When I asked them what they said, I said, where'd you learn that? And guess what they said? From Papi. And I'm like, that's not true. It's a lie. I don't use inappropriate language, especially in front of the kids. And I already knew who was throwing me under the bus. You guys probably know who it was, too. It was my son, Joshy. And I'm like, okay, say it. What did I say? Say it. And so Joshy said, pita la tu mama. <laughs> right? And I started laughing when he said that because it's pretty funny. And it's not that inappropriate, right? Like, I'm just telling you, don't honk at me, honk at your mom, right? And I say that in the car with the windows up, it just makes me feel good. And so, as you can tell, I, I'm trying to be very honest and open with you guys so you can keep praying for your pastor. And then Leilani looks at me and says, do you say that? I'm like, all the time. I say, <laughs> and so today... Uh, we're going to look at what James has to say about patience. I need to be more patient when people honk at me. It just drives me crazy when they honk at me. Like, the light just turned green, bro. Why are you honking at me like that? Right? Leilani did that the other day, and she's like, beep, beep. I'm like, babe, the light just turned green, so how am I supposed to honk? This is etiquette. This is extra, okay? And we could do an invitation for you aggressive honkers out there. You just kind of go, if you just go kind of knock on the horn or something, tap it very softly, practice, it's a courtesy honk. But if you're like, beep, beep, that's rude, especially if the light just turned green. So you got it, babe? No? So we're going to look at what James has to say about patience. In a message I've titled, Help, I Don't Want to Lose My Cool. See, we all need patience in every area of our life. James actually uses the word patience six times in this section of Scripture that we're going to read in James chapter 5. And he tells us the three ways that we need to be patient and when to be patient. He teaches us why to be patient, and he teaches us how to be patient. And so if we pay attention today, we will leave here with the tools that we need to not be rude to people and say inappropriate things in your car in front of your children and get thrown under the bus. And so the first thing is, when circumstances are uncontrollable, we need to be patient. And why is that? Guys, we need to realize that the majority of the things in this world, in our life, they're out of our control. The majority of things we cannot control. James actually uses the example of a farmer to show us that situations and that life is uncontrollable. James chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crops and how patient he is. You see, don't go into farming if you're not patient. I mean, being a farmer is super patient. I mean, you plant a seed. And then you got to wait. you got to wait for the seed to grow. You have no control over the weather. You have no control over the rain. You have no control over the economy. Are people even going to buy the stuff that you're planting and that you're trying to grow? 
See, if you have a lot of faith, become a farmer. That's what James is trying to tell us. He's saying, hey, look at the farmer. Look at the faith and the perseverance that he has. But then at the end, if you're faithful, if you take care of the land and you take care of the seed, if you protect it, then what happens? Then you have a crop, and that crop becomes fruit. The Bible tells us that by your fruit you will be known. And so everything in life is all about sowing and reaping and waiting for God to bless it. See, James is telling us, We deal with a lot of uncontrollable circumstances in our life. Haven't you noticed that when we realize that a situation is beyond our control, we can't control it. What do we try to do? We still try to control the situation. There's no way to control it, and we're still trying to do whatever we can. And one of the ways that we do that is by worrying. We can't control the situation. We can't do anything to alter it. And so what do we do? We still try to control it, and we're worrying, and we're worrying, and we're driving ourselves and the people around us crazy. You see, to worry about something that you can change, something that you have the ability to change is dumb. To worry about something that you can't change, it's useless. It's a waste of our time. But either way, don't worry. Be patient, especially when you can't control the situation. The second thing, when people are unchangeable, when we're trying to get someone to do something and we feel that there's no way that this person is ever going to change, that makes us lose our patience, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I say that to my kids all the time. They go to do something, and I'm like, I didn't say to do that. I said to do this. And they just look at you with this, like, blank stare on their face. See, James talks about the prophets. In James chapter 5, verse 10, it says, As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. See, what was the duty of the prophets? The duty of the prophets was to get inspired by God, to be spoken by God, and then to go to people who were really messed up and tell them, this is what God is calling you to do. This is what God wants. If you don't want to die, do this. And so James is saying, look at the prophets. And we've read the Bible. Most of the time, people don't listen to the prophets. People resist change. Do any of you know anyone that, that, man, it doesn't matter what you tell them, they're always resisting change. It doesn't matter, hey, you want to try this out? No, I don't want to try that out. Hey, what do you think about this? Sometimes what do we do? We avoid those people. They, they take away, they drain us, irregular people. See, what are you going to do about the people that you can't change in your life? James says, be patient. Pray for them people that you can't change. You know that the word patience is, comes from the Greek word makrothumis. Macro means long, all right? And thumis, it means heat. And so what does it mean? It, it means to, to take a while to get hot, right? Be patient. And isn't that what happens? We lose our cool. When we lose our patience, we lose our cool, and we get really hot. If you want to be a parent, you need to If you want to be a good parent that kids want to be around, all right, be a parent who has a long fuse. Be patient and love your children. And I say this as a guy who has to pray for patience, as a guy who had to apologize to his middle child last night because I lost my cool and it wasn't even his fault. We need to be patient with our kids and apologize to our kids when we mess up. If you're going to be successful, if you want success in your life, patience is very important. 
So think about that. Man, I want to be successful in my business and my marriage and my relationships. Then you want to be patient. You want to be someone who has patient, patience in every circumstance. James says you need to be patient when circumstances are uncontrollable. You need to be patient when people are unchangeable. And third, when problems are unexplainable. Be patient. There's times in your life that you're going to have a problem and there is nothing you can do to change that problem. James actually talks about in verse 11, have you heard of Job and his perseverance? Have you guys heard of Job? I mean, this guy lost everything in two days. He lost his kids. He lost all his money. He lost all his possessions. If there was a Super Bowl for suffering, Job would have won the championship. He was the wealthiest man that ever lived. Everything was going for him. And then he was bankrupt in a minute. You think you've had a rough day? I think it's nothing compared to what Job went through. Family, friends, finances, all gone. He was suffering every single way possible, mentally, materially, physically. And then one day his wife comes up to him and says, curse God and die. See, God allowed the devil to take everything away except his nagging wife. He left her there. See, the worst part about Job's suffering is that he actually had no idea why it was happening. Actually, God didn't even speak to him for a long time. And he had no idea why this misfortune was happening to him. Of all the people... Job had the privilege to say, why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? He was a good man. See, a lot of things in our life don't make sense. A lot of things in our life will never make sense on this side of heaven. But when we get to heaven, we will understand why those things happen. See, Job didn't understand. He had all these unexplainable problems. Job maintained his faith. Sometimes we can't figure out. Why we have certain problems. Has anyone ever had a problem like that? Like, I just don't know why this is happening in my life. Just raise your hand. Just so you can show the people around you that they're not alone. We've all had those problems. And that's why we need to practice patience. And why be patient? You're probably thinking, why am I going to be patient? Why should I not yell at that woman that doesn't know how to drive or that man that's honking at me so hard? Like, why? I'm in my car. I'm yelling. And it feels good because it does. It feels good. We need to be patient because God's in control. Whatever you're going through right now in your life, God is in control. James 5a says this, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Three times in this passage, James says the Lord's coming is near. Jesus is coming back. The ultimate proof that God's in, that's the ultimate proof that God's in control and nothing can stop it. He actually, the Bible actually talks more about the second coming than it does about the first coming. Jesus, born in a manger in Bethlehem. It talks more about the second coming. And why is that so important? Because that means that God is in control of history. Everything is pointing to that moment when Jesus comes back. God is in control of history. That's why it's his story. He's got it all planned out. Everything's on schedule. Nothing is late. It's all moving towards that climax till that moment when Jesus comes back for us, his children. God is in control. Can you say that with me? God is in control. Let's say it one more time. God is in control. The Phillips translation says, resting your heart on the ultimate certainty. The ultimate certainty that Jesus is coming back. Though a situation may be out of my control... 
No circumstances out of God's control. Whatever situation you're going through now, as difficult as it may be, find peace and comfort in that God is in control. Although I can't control everything that happens in my life, God can control, and so I am going to trust him. That doesn't make sense. But you know what also doesn't make sense? Faith doesn't make sense. The fact that all these moms had these beautiful kids. If you think about the miracle of conception, and yes, we can lay it out, and we can talk about science as much as you want, but that miracle of us being able to create life, the only explanation is that we serve a creative and amazing God. God is in control, and God's timing is perfect. God is never late. I'm late. You're late. A couple of you got here late. I saw when you got here late. God is never late. Some of you are experiencing a real delay right now. You're praying for something, and you're praying for something, and some of you are probably losing faith, and you're like, why isn't God answering? See, God's delays never derail his purpose. I'm going to say that again. God's delays never derail his purpose, his purpose for eternity, his purpose for you. It's his story. It's perfectly mapped out. The second reason is that God rewards patience. There is a reward. There is a prize for how we live our life and how we are patient, even in the most difficult circumstances. James 5.11 says, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Those who have endured through the struggle, those who have endured the season of unanswered prayers, the season of silence, they will be blessed. See, the second half of Job's life was better than the first half of his life. And I talked, this was the richest man that was living at the time, lost everything, and then he got more than he ever could have expected. See, there are all kinds of rewards. Our character grows when we have patience. You get along with people better. When you're a patient person, you're more happy. And so you reach your goals. Think about that. When you're patient, you can think clearer. When you're not getting upset at every moment, when you're flexible, you think clearer. So you're able to make better decisions. God rewards it. You will be honored by others. Other people will honor you if you're a patient person. If you ever wonder why, man, why are people so rude to me? Maybe it's because you're rude to them. Maybe it's because there's something about me, about you, that causes people to react in a certain way towards us. See, sometimes things don't make sense on this side of eternity. Sometimes we probably won't even get a reward. I think that we will many times, but sometimes we won't on this side. But there's a promise that on the other side there's going to be an amazing reward. And you know what's great about the other side? That we're going to be on the other side way longer than we are on this side. We're going to live for eternity in the presence of God, and we will be able to enjoy those rewards way better than the 60, 70, 80 years that we're going to be here on this earth. Matthew 5, 13 says, blessed are you when people insult you. When people persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. See, when people criticize you, when people put you down, when they say lies about you, man, it's really hard to think about our reward in heaven. I'll be honest. When I hear that someone's talking bad about me, when someone's mistreating me or mistreating my family, 
maybe mis- even mistreating you guys. Like, man, when we see injustice, what do we want to do immediately? Our strongest desire is to get even. Our strongest desire is revenge when we see injustice. When we see someone doing something that's incorrect and someone's bad or someone hurts us or someone pushes us. Listen, after church today, walk up to one of those little kids and push them. What do you think? They're going to bite you? They're going to kick you? Why? It is a natural instinct that they have to get back. We all have it. Some of us just grow up and then we go viral or we spread rumors. But our natural tendency is to retaliate, to get revenge, to take matters into our own hands when we're criticized. We criticize back. See, if you get insulted, what do you want to do? You want to insult someone back, right? Someone honks at me and I'm going to go tell them something. Revenge, retaliation, they're natural. James says that the next time someone criticizes you, before you strike back, think about this. Is it worth giving up the reward that I'm going to get in heaven? Wow, that's, that's tough. I mean, I've lost a lot of rewards. <laughs> I'm sure we all have. I'm sure we could all think of moments we wish we can just rewind and start over. See, we're going to enjoy eternity so much more. And I hope that that gives you comfort. Because I know, man, we live in this world. We live in this city. We live in this country. And we get hurt. We see injustice. We don't understand why certain things are happening to us. And say, God, I trust that you're in control. Let's make that part of our life. Maybe you need to write that on your steering wheel, on your fridge, or wherever it is that you cry. When you lock yourself in the bathroom to cry so no one can hear you, or wherever that place is, put something that reminds you that God, maybe it's a picture of the sky or of someone that you love, and say, you know what? God's in control. I'm crying. I'm hurting. But God is in control. The third thing is because God is working things out. God is working things out even when you don't see it. See, it happens with the farmer. He puts the seed underground and he does not know what's going on down there. But God is the one that makes that seed grow. It's the same thing with us. God is working even when we don't see him. God is working behind the scenes. And we're here like complaining. Like, why are things like this? Verse 11 says, have you heard of Job's perseverance? And have you seen what the Lord finally brought out? The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. God is working. And delay doesn't mean denial. And I think that's what happens to us. That's what happens to me when I don't feel that God's listening to me. When I, when I want something and I want it now, like that girl in Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. I want it now. What happened to her? It wasn't good. Right? But we're the same way. We want it now. God, give it to me. I want it. And it's a good thing. How many of you have ever prayed for a good thing and it didn't happen? Or it hasn't happened and and you're just praying for these amazing things. Maybe things you want in your life, in the life of someone else. And they're really, really good things. You read the Bible and you're you're arguing with God like, God, it's here. I read it. Why, Why doesn't it happen to me? You see, there's a difference between no and not yet. There's a big difference. And I think for a lot of us, we haven't seen the answer to our prayers because the answer is not no. It's not yet. The same way that, you know, my kids want Uber Eats now. I'm like, no, go and pour some cereal in a bowl and eat it. We need to be patient that God is working things out. While I am waiting, God is working. Think about that. Maybe that's something you need to go home and tell someone that's complaining all the time about why God hasn't answered my prayer. We need to remember that. Our hands may be tied by the situation. It's uncontrollable, but not from God's viewpoint. Thank God. 
That's what we need to do. Instead of complaining, instead of whining, saying, God, thank you. Thank you, and I believe in you, and I trust you. Thank you, because you have my best interest at hand. Philippians 2.13 says, God is at work within you. Romans 8.28, one of my favorite verses, says, and we know that all things God is working. What does that mean? That God's working. God doesn't stop. We sleep. We need five, six, seven, eight hours. Some of you, ten hours. Man, I don't remember the last time I was in bed for that long. But you know what? God doesn't sleep and God is working even when we don't see it. So what do we do? We do what the farmer does when we don't see God, when we don't understand what's going on. We wait expectantly. You wait and you expect God to work. What does that mean? You have faith. What is faith? It's the certainty of things you don't see. I don't see it, but I believe that that thing is nothing compared to my God. That problem is nothing compared to my God. That sickness, that pain, that doubt, that feeling of rejection, my God is greater than that feeling. My God is greater than that problem. Psalms 130 says, I wait expectantly, trusting God to help, for he has promised. Say this with me. Say expectantly. Let's say that again, expectantly. You see, when I come home, sometimes I'm expecting there to be dinner at the table, right? And a lot of times when I get home, dinner is almost ready, and it's a great thing. But then there's times that I get home, and dinner's not ready, and I'm like, why isn't dinner ready? Oh, because my mom has the kids, and we're going to go out to a nice restaurant. You see, my plan was just reheat what we ate yesterday and let's sit and eat it at the table. But my wife had better plans. She got rid of the kids and she's taking me to a nice restaurant. You see, maybe what we're praying for is not big enough. Maybe that thing that we want for our life is so small. It's like leftovers heated in a microwave, stale chicken. And God's like, I got rid of the kids and I'm going to show you what I want to do for your life. What are you waiting for from God? Think about that. What is it that you're waiting for? Maybe you're waiting to be healed from an illness. You're waiting for your marriage to be transformed. Maybe you're waiting for that man to come sweep you off your feet or that woman to come and, you know, mesmerize you with her smile. Maybe you need God to do a miracle in your finances. Maybe you need God to do a miracle in your teenager's life. What a struggle. So many parents with their hearts broken because their kids have been led astray. We need to expect God to do it. The Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done. Where is your faith? Do you believe that God can do it? Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe that God can restore your marriage? Do you believe that God has a man for you better than the man that you were checking out last night? Way better. That man is stale chicken in a microwave, and God has, like, you know, the best restaurant, Morton's, like, you know, this thing is, like, organic, Kobe beef, delicious, and you're like, I don't deserve that. You do deserve that. You are the daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, that's the problem. Many times we forget who we are. We forget that we have been chosen by God, that we have been picked by God, that God wants to bless us. We need to wait expectantly. Isaiah 49 says this, the Lord says, no one who waits for help will be disappointed. No one who waits for help will be disappointed. But you know what we need to do? We need to wait quietly. We don't wait quietly. Oh no. If we're upset, if we're hurting, what do we do? 
We're like exaggerating our problems, telling everyone about it. Everywhere we go, everyone knows our stuff. The internet, you're posting it on social media. Oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. This guy's a jerk, whatever it may be. And check out what James says. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. Why does he say that? Why does he say be patient? And then he says don't grumble because he's a man too. And he knows, God also knows our tendencies. That when we wait, we get upset and we complain. I talked about being in the doctor's office where I start interviewing everyone in the doctor's office. When was your appointment? How long have you been waiting? You know? And then the worst thing that could happen at the doctor's office is when someone that just got there, they slide them in. And you're like, who the heck is this guy? Right? And then we're causing a storm in that office. But we do that in every area of our life as well. We get frustrated, though, when we have to stay quiet. Like, have you ever seen someone that wants to say something, but they don't want to say it or they can't say it? And they're like, you know, they start vibrating, you know, if it's really, really bad. And they like really want to tell you what they're thinking, but they're trying to hold their self-control, but they're trying to leak a little bit. James says, don't grumble. New English translates, don't blame your troubles on no one. But that's what we do. Man, problems come, and we're trying to find the first person that we can peg our problems on. James 5.12 says, above all, my brothers, don't swear. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, like, the easiest part to, like, say a bad word when something bad happens, right? It's like, we want to swear sometimes when we have problems. We want to swear sometimes. We want to cuss a little bit. You know, I have a friend that says, I'm Christian, but I cuss a little bit. He's a pastor of a really big church. On the other side of the country, man, when we have problems in life, that's like, you know, it's an excuse to say a word or two. James says, don't do it. Don't do it. And typically, you know, we do what's sad. We take it out on the ones that are closest to us. When we lose our patience, when we start to have problems in our life, our kids, our husbands, our wives, our parents, and they had nothing to do with it. But we let our guard down. Everyone at work thinks, oh, man, I can't believe how she was able to take that. How he was able to take that. And, and then we get home and our poor family, they're the ones that are frustrated, dealing with the impatience. James says, don't do that. Don't displace your anger. Lamentations 3.26 says, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Say quietly with me. Quietly. Habakkuk 2 says, these things won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. It seems slow, but do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. This is the word of God. They will not be delayed a single day. That is who we serve. That is our Father. And so the last thing is we need to wait confidently. We need to have confidence in the word of God, confident in his promises. Micah said, I will wait confidently for God. Psalm 37 says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. So let us be a people that have confidence in God. See, maybe there's a situation in your job and you're praying for it. We need to wait confidently and know that God is for us. And what's that verse? If God is for us, then what? Who can be against us, man? That's power right there. God is for me. Then who can be against me? And so I have this question for you. 
that thing that you're praying for, that big thing, I don't want to minimize it, it's big. Could it be that we're not ready for that blessing? And that if God would bless us with that right now, we would totally misuse it, be unappreciative. And so I think the step that we need to take is to be patient and prepare ourselves. Because the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of it. The blessings are huge. But if God would pour his blessings on us today, we got so much junk in our life that the blessings have nowhere to go. We're surrounding ourselves maybe with people that will misuse the blessings of God. And so the question today, it's not praying to God, God, where are you? But it's where am I? Where am I when it comes to your purpose and your plan for my life? Where have I gone astray? Where have I stopped having faith? Where did I lose my hope? You see, hope is where God can begin to fill. Because if you hope, that means you're expecting and you're waiting. And then God can pour down his blessing on your life. But if you've lost hope, if all you're doing is complaining and whining and maybe you do it to yourself, maybe you're such a good person that you don't let anyone know about your problems, but it's weighing you down and it's depressing you and it's making you sad and there's days you don't even want to get up. It is unnecessary. God wants to bless you. God wants to answer your prayers and things the Bible says that you never thought about, that you've never imagined. That is the God that we serve. Are we preparing ourselves today for God to answer those prayers? See, it may be out of our control, but it is not out of God's control. It may be too big for us to think or imagine, but it's not bigger than God because nothing is bigger than God. That promotion, you're like, man, he got promoted, she got promoted, and they got promoted, and here I am, and I've been here for 10 years. Why is it? Why does it keep passing me by? Have you prepared yourself for the promotion that God has for you in your life? And so the steps that we need to take is say, you know what, God, I want to get rid of all the baggage and all the things and the doubt and the anger and the bitterness, and I'm going to make room in my heart in my mind, in my life, in my family, for you to pour out your blessing, for you to shower us with your blessing. You know why the streets in Hialeah get flooded? Because there's nowhere for the water to go, right? Why the streets in this city get flooded? Because there's nowhere for the water to go. Let's make room for the water, for the blessings of God that pour upon our life so we can contain them. And then we make room again with blessing. The Bible says in Psalm 23 that my cup runneth over. And so we make room for God. God blesses us and the people around us begin to be blessed. See, the blessing is not what's in you. The blessing is what comes out, right? Because if it begins to overflow, then that's blessing. If you're just filled, you're filled. I want to be blessed. I want my cup to overflow so my kids can be blessed, so my wife can be blessed, so the church can be blessed. So wherever I walk, people are getting wet. And they're like, man, where's all this blessing coming from? Oh, it's coming from that guy. What does that guy know? I'm, I don't know anything, but Jesus knows everything. And Jesus blessed me, and he can bless you. So I'm going to invite you to stand up. And Johnny's going to sing a song. And I hope that today we grasped the importance of patience. And how not having patience can rob us from the blessings of God. Because when we're not patient, we fill ourselves up with a bunch of stuff that we don't need, that wasn't meant for us, that wasn't part of God's plan. 
Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the Word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.